Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. We can ponder today about the ghost of fear and shame that can visit us and tear our interior peace out. The readings for today show us three major characters, and in each one of them, there's a deep sense of emotion. We find Elijah on the first reading, taking shelter in a cave and hiding his face before God. He's ashamed of having killed many, and then finds solace in God's whispers. Second reading, we have Paul attacked and persecuted by his own people in Rome, in a prison, in his finding solace, in the joining of his conscience with the Holy Spirit. And then we encounter, of course, Jesus in the gospel, walking again in water in stormy seas, and his disciples do not recognize him. They see him as a ghost. The question for the day is, what are your ghosts? Where are the places of fear and shame where you feel blocked from hearing the the whispers from God, from hearing the subtle ways in which the Holy Spirit speaks in our heart, or in the middle of a stormy sea, we don't see Jesus that is walking through any obstacles. And instead of seeing him, you and I might be seeing a ghost. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the Inner Room, Emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today. When we know we have erred, when we know we are wrong, we've done something that we shouldn't have done, we can feel shame. Elijah hides his face as the Lord returns to him at the cave. Before the cave incident, Elijah had had a showdown with the other prophets of Baal and winning it with God's help. He had then taken matters in his own hands and killed everyone in the Baal's prophet side and then gone to take shelter in a cave. Sometimes we err. Sometimes we hide from ourselves, from others, from God. Sometimes we do things to hide like we overeat, we oversleep, we overwork, we overshop, we overdrink. We over-medicate. Notice the word over. We put a barrier, whatever that is. We do something that we shouldn't do to make up for the feeling of unworthiness that is inside of us. We shelter ourselves with things, our food, or alcohol, or medicines. We separate ourselves. God tells us that we can return to Him, and He does that in a whispering sound, with the whisper of a forgiving Father. We see in the reading that we're familiar with that God tells Elijah to stand on the mountain before the Lord, come out of the cave, come out of that overeating, come out of that overdrinking, come out of the shelter, don't hide. The Lord is going to be passing by. And we see a strong heavy wind and God is not in the wind. And we see an earthquake. Well, Elijah sees that and and God is not in the earthquake. And then Elijah sees fire and God is not in the fire. God is in a tiny whispering sound. And when he hears this, Elijah hides his face in the cloak, but he still goes out to the entrance. And that's me sometimes. 
and that can be you sometimes. When we feel shame, when we've done something we shouldn't have done, we can come to the edge of our cave and that's such an important step because that's making ourselves available for a change. God then tells us we can return and he does it in a whisper. He's a forgiving father. But why a whisper? Because we have to pay attention to a whisper. To listen to a whisper, we have to draw near. We have to stop what we're doing. Have you observed what you do with your body when somebody whispers? We bring our ear close, don't we? We might move our our head sideways so that now we are pointing away from what we were doing in a new direction. A whisper can realign us. A, a whisper can make us stop. Let us then ponder on this reading about how we come out of the ghosts, ghosts of fear or shame that are inside of us and we come to the side of the cave where we can release that ghost inside of us and we can allow the whisper of God that invites us to draw near to be the new voice that takes its place. The psalm for today is Psalm 85. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. And since we're pondering about the ghosts of fear and shame, Ghosts are an indication of seeing something that is not there, seeing something that is there that shouldn't be in some way. So when we're asking God to let us see his kindness, we are asking for that kindness that is always around us to be made available for our seeing. Sometimes we do not see. And in this psalm, we see a plea to see God's kindness. We also see, I will hear what God proclaims, the Lord, for he proclaims peace. So this is a plea to hear as well, to hear God's proclamation of peace. The invitation is always out there for us to hear, but we're all not always attentive. And sometimes there's not enough silence. Think about it. When is the last time you experience silence? And when you experience it, do you enjoy it? I can have silence when I get up early in the morning, when it's still maybe dark and everybody's asleep in the house. And I like to drink a glass of water with lemon to cleanse my system, to break the fast, breakfast, to break it and allow all the toxins that have accumulated during the night to be cleansed. So I wait 30 minutes before I eat anything else and I sit down to read the word of God. And in this silence, I hear my thoughts and sometimes I'm very uncomfortable with my, my thoughts. So I, I wonder, is silence scary for you? What do we do in silence? What do we say? And what if our thoughts are saying things we do not want to hear? When that happens to me, I focus on my breath. And I invite you to do the same thing. Breathe deeply in and then hold your breath. And then breathe deeply out and then hold your breath. And do this several times. Breath in, hold. Breath out, hold. Breath in, hold. Breath out, hold. When we focus on each inhalation and exhalation, and we allow the sensations of our body to become relaxed, when we feel this light vibration that begins to be noticed in our body, we can be grateful for our breath. God gave it to us. It keeps us alive. It functions without doing anything. We don't do anything for it. It is a tremendous gift. Remember that when we are grateful, we cannot feel anxious or angry or worried. The brain cannot feel grateful and angry at the same time. Saturate your mind then with gratefulness by remember the wonderful things God has done for you. That is a really beautiful thing to do in silence. To say thank you Lord 
for this moment that I got a flower from someone. Thank you for the beautiful smell. The smaller the thing that we can be grateful for, the better. Thank you because there's green outside of my window. Thank you because the grass is growing and so abundantly. Thank you for the stars. They're still twinkling in the morning. Thank you for the moon that comes out no matter what. I can count on the moon. I can count on the sun. Thank you, Lord, that I have shelter. Thank you that I have a moment of silence and of peace. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. From this state of mind, where we are at peace, about to read the word of God, we can receive his words and let them become activated in our hearts. When there is no peace, we cannot hear. When Then we see ghosts. God says, kindness and truth shall meet. Justice and peace shall kiss. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and justice shall look down from heaven. This is made available to us in this psalm. And we can then use the psalm to pray together. Lord, you yourself will give us your benefits. Our land shall yield its increase. Justice shall walk before you and prepare the way of your steps. Then we can say our own words, heal our land, Father, heal our country, heal our politics, heal our society, heal our families, heal all those who are sick, heal all those who are afraid. In your name, Father, amen. Since today is Sunday, we have four readings. We have another reading from the New Testament, Romans 9.1.5. Paul tells us, Brothers and sisters, I speak the truth in Christ. I do not lie. And then these two verses are the ones to ponder for today. My conscience joins with the Holy Spirit in bearing me witness that I have great sorrow and constant anguish in my heart. Sometimes we think of Paul as somebody so courageous, talking, encouraging, exhorting everybody that we do not realize that he has great sorrow and constant anguish in his heart. He has these deep emotions, sorrow and anguish are heavy emotions. They're, they're, they're shadows. They can come into our hearts and they were present in this prison moment for Paul in Rome where he is being persecuted by his own people and he is pondering about this. This, he says, my kindred according to the flesh, the Israelites, who have the adoption from God, the glory given to them from God as chosen people, all the covenants that God has made, all the law, all the worship, all the, pro, all the promises, their patriarchs, and then from them, Jesus Christ. All of that has been given to the Israelites and they are persecuting Paul because he was one of them and now he is talking about Jesus and they don't want to have anything to do with that. But in his conscience, in his conscience, he feels the presence of the Holy Spirit bearing witness. So in the midst of any sorrow, any anguish, any ghosts of fear or shame, we can join our conscience with the Holy Spirit and know that we are not alone, that those that before us have experienced great difficulty stand there also ready to assist us. They are our siblings in the faith and we can call upon their grace that is eternal because they have finished the race and they have finished it well. That's what Paul says. 
so we can call on them as we are finishing our own, as we fight these ghosts of shame and fear. We pondered together recently on the passage of Jesus walking on water, which is today's passage again, Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33. And in this passage, we see him walking towards the disciples after multiplying the bread and the fish for thousands to be fed. And we pondered about Jesus' generosity of spirit and this incredible ability that he has to harness and fuel human emotion for good. And what do I mean for that is the multiplication happens after his cousin John has been murdered by Herod. And Jesus has sorrow in his heart. He goes up to be by himself for a moment, but he immediately goes on mission and multiplies the bread for all of those people that are hungry, listening to him. They even forget about lunch, right? So if you haven't heard that episode on the stormy seas, you may want to go back because today as we are pondering about the ghosts of fear and shame that come inside of our hearts or even outside of us when we are afraid, the fear is the thing that Jesus says the most, be not afraid. Fear will make things around us turn into ghosts. And we want to talk about the fear of the ghosts in the disciples because they see Jesus whom they know intimately and they do not recognize him. He's walking on water. So... They cannot possibly imagine their Lord and their friend coming to them in this way. Let us be attentive to Jesus then, as he's coming to us in ways that we do not imagine or recognize. He's going to walk right into the midst of our situations and surprise us with his power, with his authority, with his presence. He will walk on our water, on your water, on my water, on what seems impossible. He will reach to us in the midst of our stormy seas when we do not know how someone could possibly solve it or come to us. The reaction of the apostles is typical, isn't it? They see someone walking in the middle of the storm and on water. When we're afraid, we see ghosts, right? Especially if we can make sense of what's happening. And God is divine. He's other than us. He's not us. So his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And so... He surprises us, right? We can imagine that it is something that's coming that not, that's not for good because we can't imagine it. We think it's not good. We can let our fear to see God as a ghost. Um, and Jesus is constantly inviting us to better seeing, isn't he? To making our eyes adjust to the divine perspective, to be ready to be surprised. We have to learn to not be afraid. I tell you what. With my leg up for the last two and a half weeks, almost three weeks since I had a fall and I can't do my triathlon training or any other things that I was doing, I have been having to manage disappointment because it means I cannot drive my son to the university as I was planning. That was my summer action. I was going to do one thing this summer and now I can't do it. So that's disappointing, but I can't drive anywhere. So I was doing little before with the lockdown. Now I'm doing even less. I can't, I can't do anything. Everything has to be done for me in terms of like acquiring supermarket goods or whatever. I wanted surprises for my son. I wanted to do a couple of things with him, see some sunsets. I can't. Now people have to take me there. So as we 
these could be ghosts of fear in my heart. Like, oh my God, I can't get to do all these things. I wanted goodbye to my son to look a certain way, be a certain way. And so I'm having to manage disappointment and letting it go and not, you know, I had, I was getting fit. I had these goals for the triathlon and now I can't, I can't even get on a stationary bike yet. I can't swim. I can't, I cannot walk much. (laughs) So, so these things will happen. And so what's happening in the midst of that? I've gotten an invitation to write an article. So God will use the stormy seas that are happening around my leg and he will walk towards me and say, now, will you write while you're with your leg up? I want you writing. Right now, I want you writing. And I'm like, I can see like, well, I don't know. I didn't, blah, blah, blah. Right? I mean, I can see a ghost. I can let fear see that event, that invitation that Jesus is extending to me because it doesn't look or sound or feel the way that I thought. I want it to be all about my son leaving and all these experiences and summer plans and co- accomplishing something that looked like an adventure. None of that. God is inviting me to write with this really esteemed colleague that invited me from a prestigious university. I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, right? So these can be us. The reaction of the disciples is ours. And what does Jesus say to me? Sophia, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. It may not look like you wanted it to look. Look like I look. I've stopped you and I want you writing, right? He's saying that to you. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. So as we come to this Sunday, as we prepare ourselves for school to start in all these different hybrid ways that it's going to start, let us hear Jesus in the midst of the stormy seas. You might be selling a house. You might be starting a new job. You might be having to travel somewhere right now as some of the kids are doing. They're going to universities. And Jesus says in all those stormy seas, when you don't know how things are going to pan out, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid.